0: Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzneider and Patrick Kagongo to talk about two big videos, Hockey 10 and Plan B's Code. But before we get started, I just wanna remind you that we are taking questions for a sometime in the near future question and answer episode. So send us your questions either in text or voicemail to mostly skateboarding at gmail.com. We'll gather up all your burning questions and answer them on air on some future slow news week. On to the show. Hockey is a top tier cool company right now. So when they drop a video, we watch immediately. Mike, what's your overall impression of Hockey 10?
1: Overall impression, I do dig the, the hockey video aesthetic. There's some humor in it. The editing is fun. I kind of like that. Like, did you see this shit? Like, roll it back. I don't know if there was weird foot positioning or something, you know, you just had to see twice. Yeah, it's overall good. The skating, yeah, there's there's a lot to dive into. I'll leave it at that. Like Patrick, what was your overall impression?
2: The thing I liked about it the most is that it felt really familiar. Over the last wow, coming on eight years of living in LA, I've gotten to learn a lot about the inland empire, like the way out there parts of the San Fernando Valley, as well as the South Bay area. And so this video has a little bit of international footage in there. I saw a little bit of Milan, definitely some Moscow from that uh, however long ago trip that Nick Stain took. But, you know, seeing stuff in Pomona, Covina, West Covina, those parts of the county, especially Donovan Piscopo's part, uh, I really, really like that. Because, man, it is far, right? And spots there are far and it's hot in the summertime. And I think I thought I was going to be annoyed by the graininess, but I really liked it. It kind of made me feel a little bit. You know, I watched it stone-cold sober, and yet I still felt kind of like a cool buzz watching it. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, thinking about how hockey and fucking awesome are sister brands, And yet it only feels like now that the, the brand identity between the two, at least to me, feels very, very, very distinct. The music, however, I got some feelings. But before I go into that, Templeton, uh, what do you make of it? Especially because, like you had said in the intro for this video... When hockey drops a video, when anybody from that camp drops a video, we watch. I mean, they are, they are at the center. They are the coolest guys in the party, right?
0: Now. Yeah, definitely the coolest guys at the party. Yeah, first thing in the morning, I kind of had an inkling that it would be dropping soon. So I checked for it immediately, found it, watched it. You know, it's like 6.30 in the morning watching this hockey video. It's fucking sick. I love the grain. I think it really unifies the look. You know when you compare it to Plan B code, which we're about to, which you know we're going to talk about a little bit later, it's just like a whole different beast. And yeah, the whole thing like it's like made by an auteur. You can tell like somebody's really thoughtful with how they put the video together, and I really appreciate that. So shout out to Benny Magfuck uh, Magliano, Magliano, Benny Magliano, who's got a uh, a stage name now. Oh, is that
1: what that was? <laughs> I, was I think
0: so. Okay, but I yeah, I I thought the video was rad. I thought it was like giving modern day Alien Workshop better than Alien Workshop does. So uh, I'm here for that for sure.
2: Yeah, and it, it also shows LA in a I think in a really really positive light because and we'll get to this when we talk about true. Excuse me, I, I almost said Plan B is true. It's code, but I'm a save. I'm a save it. I think especially like that the using of, was it that cover of Cruisin, the Smokey Robinson joint, uh it was Beowulf, who was a Venice thrash band. At first I was like, oh god, this is terrible. And then it kind of it grew on me, like you know, you kinda of got it. Like it's a nod, there's definitely a lot of nods to 80s and late 80s, early 90s LA skating. I watched Donovan Piscopo's out there, which helped provide some additional context as well. Just man. He is something else to watch in person. I saw him, there's a new park in La Puente, or new-ish. And your man's was there, black jeans, I guess black dickies, silk shirt, Jordans, skating the mini bowl in the corner. Dog, he looked amazing. Like him, John Fitzgerald, and Nick Stain, and of course, Andrew Allen. I think they were all really, really the standouts. Andrew Allen is the man, way, and his, his girlfriend is in a really cool band. I don't know, like uh, at first, you know, there was like some worry that, oh, is there just going to be this weird sort of like, remember like early on with Girl Chocolate, like there was maybe like a bit of a sentiment that, oh, like where does one team end and the other begin? um, And then eventually they really became their own well-developed brand identities. That's what I'm seeing here. And maybe it was always there. They feel distinct. Yeah. Maybe it was always there and I just wasn't paying attention close enough. Also... Mike, you said something really interesting. Just like the little flashes of weirdness. Um, For example, like this little uh, screen grab of cover for the insignia of the Birds' Sweetheart of the Rodeo, their country album or their country, country rock album, which I adore. But apparently country music stations were told, do not play this. I like that. It does get a little weird. Like the whole thing about the barefoot bandit. Did you all notice that? No. What was that? There was something in there about Harley Davidson Iron. It's just like this. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just this, this guy who um is like a habitual thief. Like he goes out there. He's just like a, a compulsive uh, shoplifter. And that felt very nineties. I was just like, oh, this is big Gen X. You know that weird lionization of criminals. But then again, anyway, it's just petty crime. Who I don't know. Like uh, it felt weird that there were a couple of people there who who I've really grown to enjoy their skating, like uh, Kevin Rodriguez and Ben Cato, they weren't in here. You know, a couple tricks, flash of a trick. One, one trick,
0: or like yeah. 75% of a trick.
2: So, yeah, I didn't count Ben
1: Cato's trick as a trick. So, At least on first viewing, I didn't notice.
2: So, like, I guess then that leads to that question of, you know, both these guys are in the supreme orbit. At what point does a company say, your footage for Supreme, or whatever other sponsor, is cannibalizing the stuff that you should be contributing to, you know, your board brand? Is anybody at Supreme even having that conversation? i just like, eh, just do you. Is, is anybody having that conversation?
0: I think with Supreme, it's like Supreme is the like top tier coverage you could get. So if yeah. you can have like, if you're going to have the best part possible in the Supreme video, that's going to be better for hockey than having more tricks in the hockey video. Although like, you know, it could appear to some people like he's not producing or like you know, fans are like, where's Ben Cadell? So, I don't know. Would have been nice to have a couple more tricks. Yeah. And then with Kevin Rodriguez, I think I get, I get the feeling that he's one who doesn't really enjoy filming. Like, I think that's why he left Polar. Mm-hmm. And I think Hockey was like, come over here and we won't make you do too much. And I think he's just taking full advantage of that. I,
1: mean, I, think, he- I think Kevin Rodriguez ran out of wall ride grabs to do down that stair set. That's why he has no tricks. <laughs> oh,
2: the disrespect. Or, or all right maybe- all right
1: hold, hold on here though hold <laughs> on here patrick you, you threw like 17 ideas out onto the field so i gotta i gotta do some remedial work diego todd's song that cruising. i'm vibing so hard on that right now like i i think i i too was like this is a weird ass song and then near the end like it's edited super well the editing in this video is really great i think and yeah by the end of it i'm like okay i'm downloading this and then i'm you know driving my kid to summer camp and putting it on after she's out of the car because all she wants to listen to is like 100 gex or something. She's five.
2: Wait, what? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. She loves that ringtone song.
2: Oh, my God. See, but the, then I'm thinking about you listening to Venice Thrash Metal, you know, driving in the family car. And I'm just like, is the family car an IROC Z Camaro?
1: <laughs> I wish. That would be sick.
2: And you No, did, I, I
1: listen to the college radio station, so she she picks up. She likes electronic stuff, and she likes female vocals, and by golly. Ringtones it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I actually don't think that the sponsors care all that much if so and so is not in a video. I think it's kind of the norm too that, like, you know, you can do a video if you've got an eight person team, you can do it with five parts and then it kind of doesn't matter. Like, it's just been normalized more than anything else. And like you said, Templeton, that supreme footage is supreme basically because everybody's on that.
0: Yeah, exactly. What do we think about the new blood, Joe? He's just identified as Joe, and his, to
2: lead up this part, Joe Campos. I think
0: that's his name.
1: He's really good, Joe really Campos.
2: Good. Yeah, Joseph Campos. Big wheels. Like he was looking like uh, he was looking like the late great Matt Reason in his part. Those were at least sixties.
0: <laughs> well, he's he's got some big crazy shit that he's dropping in on. He needs needs those tires. True tires.
1: True. <laughs> it was always kids from like the North Metro when they came to the skate shop, like the deep suburbs. Noka County, Minnesota. Hey man, look at these tires. They they love that. But yeah, Campos is he had some juice, I thought. He was a standout. Like this video is extremely modern skating, sidebar, prestige brand, you know, tip top. Is the skating technically better in the next video that we're gonna discuss? Question mark.
2: Mm, I'm gonna say
1: technically. But uh, going back technically, yes,
0: but are technically more advanced, but
2: better is uh, better,
1: better subjective advanced yeah. progressive is less so
2: yeah yeah I, I mean like I'm thinking about this uh, was good it's almost un- it, it is indeed unfair to compare the two of them and it's almost like if plan B's code is a the ideal video for a 15 year old this is the ideal video for a 25 26 year old uh, where maybe at, you're at that point where the cool is finally starting to settle in and you're hopefully a bit more comfortable one thing mm-hmm. I do want to shout is Caleb Barnett's Nolly Heel down the stairs at um, the City Hall in Creté in France. That was, was with the uh, the board break, uh, because mm-hmm. that place is slippery, by the way.
0: <laughs> that makes the board break right away a little easier. But I, I think a board break right away is like always really fucking cool.
2: Mm-hmm. I've but never had one. Especially Man. a Nolly Heel, though.
0: But yeah, it's a tailbreaker,
2: for yeah. sure. But um, with regards to where hockey fits in, like... um. I'd like to think that people are getting switched on to cool shit by a company like hockey or FA, whether it's in the graphics or just the people who are on the team and what they're saying in interviews uh, or little things that you hear about them. I remember reading something from an interview with uh, Corey Duffel saying that Kevin Rodriguez has really good taste in and gave him a few seven and particularly meaningful. Uh, and then also just like the music that's used, like, on one hand, I almost wish it was a little less grating, but I get it. Like, that's the point. That's their vibe that they're going. Yeah, with.
0: it's there for a vibe. It's not like, hey, this is like my favorite song. It, it's like this music serves the overall vision.
2: There's a song by Noy, the German, uh, the German band, that there's a Sonic Youth album called Chikoni Youth, and it's called. there's a song called Two Cool Chicks Listening to Noy. And it's a song that's playing in the background and it begins with a jackhammer and I'm blanking on the name now. But anyway, I feel like maybe the hockey video is the ideal place to put some music like that. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe at some point they're going to go full on noise, you know, and just have the sounds of electric drills and hammering and things like that. But anyway, you're right. Like it works and it works with the skating. Also, this is the kind of video that looks really cool in a, in a, in a window display, like blown up on a big ass TV. So, like, say it's Supreme on Fairfax or whatever skate shop that happens to have a big TV.
1: I mean, I'll I'll do again, like, tripping forward a little bit just to that Plan B's video soundtrack. And this is a theory I have that, like, the McClung brother on Plan B skated to the Soul Song, right? Nobody Mm -hmm. ever chooses the Soul Song, in my theory. It's like, you don't hear that on the radio and go, damn, I want to skate to this one because it's like, it's... Less about the song and it's more about the vibe. It works well with skating, but like no skater's ever been like, this soul song, I really got to do it. And whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. Rick Howard sitting by the dock of the bay. I mean, okay, exceptions, but like FTC2. There... Oh, okay, okay. But that's that was a curated soundtrack. Mouse? And I think, yes. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm talking modern videos. And what was the one? It was the, was it the primitive video? There was the kid from Japan and he's skating to. You know, some like, uh, what's a Richard? I'm I'm trying to categorize it correctly, but I, I don't think I am. But it's like, I'm just, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, there there are certain songs where you're like, oh, that's a throwaway song. They just did it to like differentiate the soundtrack. And this hockey video is just doing stuff that's like so much more purposeful than that.
2: I know? mean, I think that there's also a rights and clearances thing that's uh, happening, that's happening in the, that's, that's factoring and being factored into the decision-making process. I get the feeling that a lot of younger skaters, like if you're under thirty, there's no way that you're looking, you're listening to some old funk from the '70s, some old soul songs from uh, the '50s to the uh, '50s to the '60s, uh, unless you're one of those people who wears a fedora and likes to describe yourself as a quote unquote old soul. It it can feel forced. It can it can feel really, really, really forced. And I guess you have to do it with the utmost caution. And maybe it's also unfair to judge, you know. Thrasher using old older soul songs and edits, primitive, plan B. Because let's be honest, like Girls Mouse set the bar. Actually, Girls Mouse and Chocolate's uh, La Nueve Vidas de Paco set the bar so high for using uh soul and R and B music. It felt appropriate and it made those videos timeless. Whereas now you just be like, what is this nostalgia that you're trying to push on?
1: Yeah, I don't even necessarily link certain usages back to yeah let's say mouse because that was again such like uh that was a thought out soundtrack too you know there's a vibe throughout the video it's not a one-off in again plan b video which i liked spoiler alert i kind of liked it uh but you know where you go from from soul rmb into you know some brazilian portuguese language modern rap and then you know what i i have like no further memory of the soundtrack in that video except for a child skating to Smashing
0: Pumpkins but um, we're yeah moving we're moving a little too a close to the second topic we, we still need to talk about Nick Stane uh, and I always wonder what you know somebody like Felipe Gustavo thinks of a Nick Stain part
2: who doesn't As want to be like, Nick
0: Stain? like does he want to be Nick Stain, or is he like how the fuck is this guy a pro, a pro skater just like me like you know I- like he does basics but like for me basics
2: are what I want to see I get the feeling that the Felipe Gustavos of the world like Nick Stain because it serves as a reminder that number one, you don't always have to be doing the most. And that number two, it's such a pleasure to watch him. It, the shit is almost. And I think that's the thing that makes Nick Stain so. And he's also, here's the important thing that Nick Stain does Nick Stain looks good skating anywhere, anywhere, any city, any spot. He's coming through and he's crushing it. Upstate New York. Moscow, Milan, Paris, uh, a, a crappy curb somewhere like deep in Brooklyn. Doesn't matter. Nick Stain makes it all look amazing. And that's that's really what everybody in skateboarding wants.
1: Well, why does he look so amazing? Speed. Like, is it that simple? Going think, like yeah, 12% speed. faster than everybody?
2: Exactly. And yeah, also- I
0: think he also looks a little bit like at any moment it could all go wrong. I mean, I, I think John Fitzgerald is even more... Uh, on that vibe of like, I don't know if he's going to make it, but, uh, yeah. Nick stain just like feels so identifiable. Like I love backside backside Smith grinds. I love backside nose grinds on ledges. Like that's like the tricks that I would want to do. Like if I went to those spots, I would do those tricks, like not as well, not as fast, but like, that's what I see for those spots. So it's cool to see somebody do those like, the best that they can be done.
2: You touched upon something very important there, how he, he always seems to have the best and best pants combo. And also when he does a backsmith, my God, it's poetry.
0: Yeah, he's got like one of the best backsmiths and he looks like there's nobody else in the world with a style like Nick Staines. It's a good combo of like economy of movement because he's not
1: moving a lot and it's a good body type. I mean, he might be only 5'9", but he's, you know, it's like a, a slender, slender body type. And that all kind of fits together in this, you know, undefinable way. And there are, I, I on the shoe note, yeah, good shoes. I agree. There's definitely dudes whose shoes are too new looking, and it's annoying as fuck. Just saying. Yeah, they got to look lived in. Not going to name names.
2: And I think, you know, thinking about the other thing about Nick stain is that he's everywhere. In a certain corner of skateboarding, he's omnipresent. In the bronze corner of the world, in hockey, uh, Supreme, like he, he continually delivers. And also, just going back to the, the figure that he cuts when he does, it looks like a statue. You, wouldn't you love, like for example, if you could put a statue of Nick Stain? I'm talking about one of those big joints, right? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what his background is, but picture something like, I'm talking about those huge joints that you see in Central and Southern Europe, uh, former uh, Iron Curtain Soviet bloc, one of those big joints. If you could have a statue of Nick Stain being a backsmith anywhere, where would it be?
0: I don't know, probably Mother Russia. You know, I, he's, I think he's Russian. So probably want to salute his home, home uh, country, home state. That's probably where I would put it. Although maybe I'd just put it uh, in Clackamas, Oregon so I could skate it all the time. Because <laughs> if you're building a statue like that, there's going to be a marble base. That's gonna be perfect for skating.
2: Exactly. I would want actually I would want it I would want it right near Tompkins. Just that like, would make sense. Just like a random uh I'm trying to think, is there any small there's a couple like little micro parks and, and community gardens. Would hate to get rid of one of those, but if 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 space wasn't a, a a blocker, I think it would be hard body as hell to just have a beautiful statue of Nick Stane doing a backsmith, you know? And people would come and they would take pictures trying to make the same pose he's he's almost like he's like Usain Bolt with that thing that he does it's a very similar kind of vibe anyway just fanning out sorry (laughs) all right I think we've talked about just
0: about everybody and we can round it off with a little talk about Andrew Allen Mike you got a little bit of a hot take on Mr. Andrew Allen
1: (laughs) I, I don't think he did it in this video but man when he's putting out tricks that my old busted ass can do I get a little skeptical
0: I'm with you. I I am like I, I'm not a, a Andrew Allen Stan or fan. Like he's fine, but I think he's uh, gets by with some kind of je ne sais quoi that I don't quite understand. I think it
2: was his tricks at LA High. That's what did it for me.
0: That's like four one one in two thousand one. I mean, the the when he f-
2: <laughs> when he killed the spot recently was that two years ago.
0: I don't know. I mean, I I think yeah, he's just like. It, it,
1: it's weird it's up and down like he'll put out one edit and he's dropping in on like a church hubba. he does it regular and then switch and it's like a seven stair drop in with a little kink and that's like i'd claim i could do the switch one he did <laughs> if i had to and then you know he he had a more recent edit not in hockey where he's doing a bunch of flip out stuff like tail side and nose side stuff and i i can't do any of that that's dope this part was good but yeah it's just it's like come on man like revered pro maybe you either get it or you don't but
2: I don't know I enjoyed it I actually really like seeing him skate uh, curb cuts and driveway bumps um, because I think that those are the probably the coolest natural skate obstacle that you could find and also I, I like the also I like I like the fits you know he pulls off looks that I could never I could never do you know and uh, I, I think I want to say he rides uh, I want to say that he rides miracles anyway I like Andrew Allen. I, I can't believe I'm the only one who's down with him. I'm, I'm team double A over here.
1: He's good. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like was 16 years ago, I sat in a hall and drank beers with him in Tampa. Like, cool guy. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just like an old curmudgeon and just, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe I, I hold myself in such low esteem that if I see tricks I can do done by a professional skater,
0: I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I'm like, I could I can do all those tricks. Like Nick Stain had a line, um, maybe one of those first ones where it was like something down like a two stair, and then a switch front shove down a little bank, and then a fakie three sixty flip down a little bank. I
2: yeah. think there might have
0: been a switch heel in there in that line too, which I cannot do. But um, I was like, that line seems pretty doable for me. Like well, and I think I think that spot that you're
1: talking about was where JB Gillette skated in the Lakai video, and he does like a switch frontside three sixty heel flip, no pivot, into one of those bangs. I don't know. Modern, modern, modern skateboarding is not necessarily always the most difficult shit, but
0: true. Yeah, because it, it doesn't have to be. We're you know we've gone through through the phase of everybody's good, and right. now dude, you got to be special.
2: Oh yeah, that that got. What when did you think that era peaked? Everybody's got to be good. That every video has to be. That much more progressive than the next. When do you think that probably p- like pretty sweet? Mm. So, you think that was uh, yeah. that's the pivot point? It was more,
0: more
1: recent than that. I mean, I wrote, I wrote an article that never quite got published anywhere. That would have been, I want to say 2017, 2018, when I was like reporting that out. So, it was more recent. And then very quickly, like it shifted to we just want inter- interesting people skateboarding well as opposed to, you know, being insanely progressive, technical, gnarly,
0: et cetera. Well, I think that uh, transitions us quite well into our second topic, which is skating (laughs) from uh, kind of the opposite side of the spectrum from hockey. Plan B's video legacy is long and storied. They hit us with code over the weekend. Patrick, where does code fall in the history of Plan B videos?
2: Hmm. You know, this year marks the 30th anniversary of the release of oh, Questionable. Next year marks the 30th anniversary of reality. those first three Plan B videos created such an impact on skating, skate culture, the way people dress, the way people uh, seek to create a video and put it out into the world that it, it feels, no, it does not feel, it is unfair to compare anything that came after Secondhand Smoke Plan B's legacy, like you said, is storied, you know. They had two restarts. First, um, right before the revolution, when Danny and Colin bought the name. Um, and then, some years later, the reactivation that we're still living through right now. Um, and it feels a bit sad not having uh, Jason on this week to really dig deep as he is our resident dwindle slash world kid. But anyway, I think Code is interesting. I think Code is a bit where, to draw a comparison to Tap, I think Code... Is a bit like uh, some of those New York City edits that Crailtap released, I think, in around 2018, 2019. I think this is, um, this is a turning point for this iteration of Plan B. I think that they're kind of finding their feet. Uh, a whole bunch of people left before Code came out. And you know, there's no Danny, there's no Colin. They're in there, but they're not skating, definitely filming and helping out. But we have Pat Duffy, our link to the past. And Here's the thing. I have a buddy who who claims that this is the worst skate video that has ever been released, and I strongly disagree. A, I think there's a definitive audience for this. It's not me, but there's definitely people who want to see this type of skating. And I also think that this is Plan B's big reset. And whatever comes next is going to be better than this, and whatever follows that will be even better. Mike Templeton, do you feel like with this video, Plan B is finally finding its niche in today's world? I mean, they've got contest skaters, they've got Instagram skaters, they've got They have skaters who are, you know, like these are. This is a varsity football team, and skateboarding does need that. We can't all be artsy and cool and listen to black metal.
0: Mike, you said earlier that you liked Code. Why is that? No, I'm not saying that you're wrong to like Code. Uh, uh, Let's get into it. You're calling calling me out on my past
1: utterances. What the hell? I I liked it in as much as like I watched it all the way through. It's definitely so different from like. 85% of videos that come out now in terms of just, like, it's not all that polished, and it's kind of random, and does the team even remotely make sense? Like, it's it could have come out a decade earlier without, like, really, you know, it it wouldn't have felt out of place coming out in 2012. And I guess that's kind of nice. Like, not everything has to be, you know, this hyper stylized thing that the hockey video is, or you know just like so thought out it's skateboarding after all and so a little randomness and weirdness and already touched on you know kind of the scattershot soundtrack and all that the skating's good in there and 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 I, and I do and at this point now that you know i watched it without really seeing many takes and now i've seen the takes you know patrick you said you've got a friend who says it's the worst skateboard skateboard video ever that's that's silly like and people on Twitter were ripping it as again, like something equating to just a terrible, terrible video. It's not that. It's not stylish and it's not necessarily like aching to be cool, but the skating in there is insane. Templeton, that's what anywhere. hit me on
0: my, second, on my second viewing. I was just like, yeah. oh my god, like the skating is fucking crazy good. Like, mm-hmm. that's not really what I'm here for, but damn, gotta respect it. It's really fucking good and like Trevor McClung even did some like really cool, interesting stuff like that switch hump ride roof drop. Like that was crazy. And like mm-hmm. not really what you would expect from a plan B video, you know, like that, you could see that in a GX video or something.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, the the other thing in here that actually felt like a nice non to the old plan B was speaking of Trevor McClung, uh, the switch backside 360 down the Hollywood high 16. For some reason that felt like that to me felt like the old plan B. I don't know why. And uh yeah, yeah. For,
1: for the record, you're giving him extra stairs. It was it was on the smaller side, but that's one of the better to best bet switchback side 360s ever. Ooh. He did that so well.
2: Shame on me. Shame on me. <laughs> I, I, I just gotta keep the record I like, clear. Damn, did, I,
0: did I like not even notice that? Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It was on the thinking... video so bad, they're
2: erasing one of the best tricks ever done. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's well, you know, the thing is that it was there was a it was a couple little things, right? The editing felt a little bit rushed. And it like I said, you know, a lot of the team hanging out and, you know, kind of just uh I mean, broing down. It was cuz I don't there's no women on the team.
0: There was there was one in the credits, the kickflip front feeble.
2: Ah, yeah. It, it's I mean, again, it is very varsity football, but you know, the varsity football team is there for a reason, to win games and bring pride to the educational establishment and plan B you know the original plan B was was seen as being the elite of the elite and there was a lot of people in the industry at the time were saying like oh it's just a basically a, a bunch of jocks you know but that's the thing it was so cool and you know this is what skate jocks look like now I don't know why why were people so down on uh Aurelien Giraud's part like what was the disappointment was it because uh, the tray flip uh fifty fifty at Le Dome was not in his part it was in the credits like what what's the beef what do people want from him
0: I thought the part was good i thought the part i thought his part should have been the first part
1: i mean I'll say that like if there's you know if we're looking at the jockey company like that dude is about as jock as you get
2: oh yeah the tattoos the tray flip on the glass table at his crib like just like (laughs) there's
1: there's something to be said about skaters who are so athletic that they're too athletic for skateboarding just in like appearance and that's probably my you know old ass midlife perspective on that maybe carries through from being a teenager i don't know (laughs) but there's like it's like you know too physically gifted Mm -hmm. you know we, we, we we like our we like our skaters to be less specimen like
2: yeah but at the same time, though, like, Plan B is the place for skaters like that. Always, always has been. I mean, going back to when Danny and Colin were getting into eating buffalo steaks and you know getting ripped with Sluggo and all of them. Speaking of the through line between vintage Plan B and the current iteration of the company, Pat Duffy. I was thinking about this today because um, I've been on a nostalgia trip listening to uh, the first two Interpol albums. And I think if you wanted to make a comparison, those first two Pat Duffy parts in questionable and virtual reality are arguably the greatest one-two punch. Very similar to those first two triple albums, right? Third one, it was So-So. And his part in virtual reality is very good, on a similar tip. Since then, it's been hit and miss. That said, Pat Duffy is, what, 47 years old? He's still doing it. So, like, like shouts to him. Although I didn't, like, I didn't like the fact that they had to insert a trick from virtual reality before he went and did the, the same trick on a ledge however many years later. Like, it, it felt a little too on the nose. Like, what, what happened to, you know, people knowing that reference? Or is there a generation of kids or a generation of skaters who've never seen virtual reality? Who've never wept at the triple screen opening? I think anybody yeah, I mean, that
1: started skating after 2001 hasn't seen virtual reality. So when, be, did, when did YouTube happen?
2: That should be required. That should be like Shakespeare, you know? <laughs> you know, it had such a huge I mean, influence. We,
1: we were talking at a spot the other day, and there's, there's a local guy rad skater rad video maker goes out of his way to like make thoughtful stuff he's never seen (laughs) i think he's never seen fully flared and he's like 26 so wait isn't that technically
2: a badge of cool to have never seen fully flared
1: fully flared is i think incredibly unfairly maligned because if you were actually there and like not a (laughs) i'm just gonna say what i was gonna say if you were, like, actually skating in 2007 not a dork, that was the biggest deal of the year. Like, come on, people. True. This revisionist history of, like... We, we shouldn't let 24-year-olds tell us that a 15... Wait, let me do my math. Yeah, a 15-year-old video is whack. the video is great.
2: Shut up. It's happening everywhere, though. But... I'm wondering what stuff from back in the day is going to be reassessed. And then uh, like, is somebody going to be like, Oh yeah, this going video is sick.
1: Oh God. I mean, yeah. It, the uneducated, uneducated takes are terrible. It's yeah. Are
2: we gatekeeping?
1: Gatekeeping is a meaningless term anymore. So
2: we're <laughs> not. I, I don't know. Just like the, the thing about virtual re like, again, like just those first two plan B videos, my God, you know, like, has there been any company that's been able to replicate that three-video run, but specifically the first two? Because I think that's the thing that it was like, that's a hell of a, an albatross for a company to carry, you know? Two,
0: yeah,
1: two. a single company, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Because with- I think of, like, Mouse into the Chocolate Tour. I think the Chocolate Tour is very underrated, but that's technically two different brands.
2: Yeah. But I, I mean, like, dog. I mean, I saw virtual reality and 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 questionable after seeing secondhand smoke, and you know this was at a time where a skateboarding was progressing so fast. Like, you know, you'd almost feel like you'd almost wonder, it's like, oh, were those videos forgotten? No, like you were seeing so much of. Basically, people were doing a lot of the same tricks, except faster, uh, cleaner, and with better outfits. But you know, you look at like the the lineup change from questionable to virtual reality. Like, yo, I mean the the. The blind friends section, you know, it, it's, virtual reality is basically the perfect video, start to finish, you know. you Nobody's ever gonna compete with that. Modern Plan B can never, ever, ever get back to that, you know, and musicians are the very same way. You know, you put out a first and second album that changed the world, like, how are you, how do you ever recover from that? Most artists do not, they can't. It's better to have that gradual increase in in dopeness.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not really fair for us to expect that from Plan B. You know, it's like an impossible task. But I also think that that's kind of where you go wrong in reviving Plan B. You know, it would be way cooler if Danny and Colin started a new company with a whole new vibe and a new team. And it was like, you know, we're taking what we learned from Plan B to build this new company. And I realized that there's like lots of value in the old brand and all that kind of shit. But I just think that it's too much baggage to really like, Yeah, it's an albatross.
2: Yeah. But here's the other thing. Plan B has not completely sullied their legacy, like, say, Element, for example, which went from being one of the dopest companies in skating for quite a few years to being, like, probably the best reaction you could have is, what is this? But at
0: least Element, like, they sold the fuck out and cashed out. You know what I mean? Like, they did a really good job of selling out. It, like... But, but uh, a lot of other companies that revive themselves just kind of like middle and, you know, they sully their legacy without really having that much to show for it.
1: Yeah, I, I have given the plan B video praise. And now here's uh, something on the other end of the spectrum. I mean, Lucas Weisenthal on Twitter pointed out that in the credits, they misspelled Mike Ternasky's last name and then they did it again. I think, I don't know if it was a significant other, a wife, girlfriend, or whatever, but they misspelled Ternaski twice in the same place. And I mean, you you, you, you look at the roster now and you think of OG Plan B, where it's obviously the best of the best. You know, they have that famous ad, these whatever, 10 skaters are on a new company. And it's like the heaviest hitters ever. They carried that pretty well through even into the revolution where they weren't quite elite, like Girl and Chocolate had taken on that mantle. But they were good. Even the new incarnation of Plan B with P Rod, Darrell Stanton, you know, shit, PJ Ladd, where's he where's he at? You know, they had elite tier skaters that were the full package, you know, able to do the best shit, were cool, good style, etc. And I mean, is the it, the skating's elite are the skaters elite anymore. Elite so. to whom? Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's all we kind of live in our bubbles, but we don't we don't go to zoomies or wherever where maybe these boards are just flying off the walls i i like even the
2: regionalism i mean maybe this shit's hot in New Mexico no, we, we have no idea dog i mean if you if you want to know um if you wanted to break it break it down by age bracket the little kids if you go to a random skate park or a skate spot, a lot of little kids it's like i'd say even split between f a slash hockey and plan B and then Little older, a lot more hockey, and then for us old heads, it's like a lot of antiheroes, like yo, the eagle or the real bold joints. Like if you're 35 plus, it almost feels like it's like a standard issue thing. You don't even have to walk into the, the skate shop and look at the wall. You know, they just reach underneath and just like here you go, my yeah, give me the
0: great, give me my great eagle.
2: <laughs> exactly. Like, thank you, yeah, Jim. Plan Plan B is Plan B. Plan B has a lane, and I think that's that's the reason why. They can't be written off. And, you know, there's also they're cultivating some new talent. Although, good God, uh, the Christian Jordan kids skating to Smashing Pumpkins. Like, were his parents even into Smashing Pumpkins? That kid is so young. Oh, and that's okay. A- I got to
1: say. Oh, go ahead.
2: <laughs> Sorry, that, that's the of all the songs to pick on Melancholy, the worst one.
1: So, yeah, I was watching the video. I tweeted immediately, like, oh, the little kid skating to Smashing Pumpkins. That's hilarious. Sidebar amending a previous thing I said. Felipe Gustavo is an elite skater. He might be one of the best skaters on earth, but it doesn't translate to video. I've seen him in, I recently saw him in person and he's insane, but his video part probably can't do justice to that.
2: No. And, and that's probably another thing we should probably point out as well is that, you know, having the, uh, the top tier Brazilians on your team means that you're doing numbers in one of the largest countries yeah. in South America. So, right. <laughs> you okay. Know. okay. But
1: uh, Christian Jordan. That kid is legitimately really good and he's gonna be goddamn good in, I don't know, three to five years.
2: You, you think he's gonna have like the cater trajectory minus, minus the weed? He, he could,
0: man. He could. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I was watching the part and I was like, man, like, is anybody into this? And then I was like, oh, he, like other little kids. Like, a little kid is probably like, that's my favorite skater because they can identify with Christian Jordan because their little kid too so it's like it serves that purpose that mm-hmm. that segment of the market mm-hmm. and, but and not then, me and then seriously also- like
1: look at the, look at the details i don't know I, <laughs> templeton i'm not gonna make you watch this video a third time but like the details with that kid skating it's there you know he uh i'm trying to think maybe it's just a backside 360 where his feet stay on the board the whole time which you know grown-ass people can't do i i Yeah, I'm like, God, a little kid. And then he does his tricks well and (laughs) he does some gnarly stuff, which maybe on some planet is easier in a little body. But yeah, Patrick, you were saying,
2: well, one thing that um, I do take issue with in this video is the spots because again, we do live in a a bubble for those of us who are, you know, it it feels interesting now to say that uh, us 40 plus skaters, but the last thing when I was 14, it just seemed absolutely fascinating that California was filled with the beautiful, pristine spots, these schoolyards, everything like that. At 40, I don't want to see another schoolyard. I don't want to see uh, another uh, stair set that's been in 5011 videos. No more office parks, a street gap, or a loading dock. Just no, absolutely not. But then I have to remember that there's plenty of other kids who were just like me who had never been to California when they were 14 and you know never got to see you know and skate those spots and they're still exotic but it's the barcelona footage in this video to me was way cooler and i feel like i want more of that and i also think about you know back in the day when like why were some of our favorite skaters never in new york or phil why was everything like california schoolyards when they should have been at brooklyn banks newport south street seaport i
0: feel like the 90s were a bit of a lazy time for skating i think skaters could get by doing the least and they were happy to do that
1: well and if you were gonna get to new york like you were driving a van from southern california to new york city like they weren't flying anybody out there for you know a week it was it was strictly business in terms of doing a demo because they didn't have to go anywhere to Mm -hmm. actually film
2: i guess so I, i mean it just it just like in retrospect i feel like we were robbed by not getting to see the best of the best of the 1990s, skating the spots that have opened up all over the world. Um, but at the same time, though, maybe that's the thing. It's about that discovery. You know, Would Barcelona be as poppin' if it wasn't for all those skaters who moved there in the late 1990s and early 2000s and partied their faces off, but also delivered some next-level photos? And-
1: I mean, I've, I've previously voiced my opposition to uh, Rest in Peace Gabe Rodriguez skating Love Park in like the girl in chocolate road trip from 4118 or whatever, you know. Like I kinda I kind of like the idea of people just being in their in their milieus, or I probably biffed that that pronunciation, but like where they live. We we've definitely said like skaters skating where they actually are works on almost a subconscious level. And at the same time, I I do agree, like there are skaters from the era where it would have been amazing. So it's not a, I guess I can't make the blanket statement that everybody was better. Like the, the, the the planet earth team was better off just sticking to, you know, North County and Southern LA. I probably used the wrong term there too, but.
2: No, uh, what like North, uh, North Orange County or North County, San Diego. And yeah, North
1: County, San Diego.
2: Dog, you got, you got it. Your geography is on point. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but I guess then that's the thing that, it goes back to both of your points about um, looking at the videos of our childhood via a or through a revisionist lens. We could sit here and, and overanalyze so many videos and complain about, dog, imagine if Javante just filmed X amount more tricks for Mouse and things like that. But no, like the world doesn't work like that. Things happen how they happen, which then leads me to another question about Plan B. Who do you all think is the best skater to have ever skated? Mike Carroll. I was going to say Mike Carroll. <laughs> yeah, my But
0: talent wise, maybe it's uh, Felipe Gustavo. Or Danny Way. Yeah, Danny Way also has yeah, a little bit of talent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> t- talking about highly talented dudes that might not necessarily be like the current cup of tea, Chris Jocelyn is He's insane so fucking good at skateboarding. Yep. Like his, again, if any of us are going to rewatch the video, watch Chris Jocelyn. Land everything absolutely bolts, no swerve, no tic tac, no appearance of unease upon landing. Like that dude's gnarly, and he's like, he's not quite uh, big boy foy thickness, but like the dude has some mass to him, and he's just, he just goes up and he goes down and he skates ledges. Like it's another one of those weird things. I was watching, I'm like, this dude's just really fucking good at skateboarding
2: i don't think he or jamie foy are that big i think it's that a lot of skaters uh are borderline malnourished
1: (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, well no that i mean that's the thing it's just it's like a slightly different body type from the you know 135 pound 5 foot 10 dude you know Mm -hmm.
2: absolutely but yeah you're right and i guess i wonder like how long can plan b keep him is there anybody who could pull him away right
1: i don't know what his juice is to go elsewhere
2: Yeah. I
0: like, I was watching, I was like, why is he not on primitive and Nike? You know, maybe those teams are a little too bloated to add him. Maybe his vibe as a person is not a good fit or whatever, but he could hang with anybody on those teams skating wise without a doubt. I don't know. I mean, maybe plan B is doing good numbers and he's making a good living and, I bet the Etnis checks aren't too bad. I mean, he's like a marquee dude on that team. So mm-hmm. he's probably doing okay.
2: Yeah, but he's... uh... So what? Etnies, Plan B, um, Grizzly. I don't know if he's getting money, money from them. I guess Rockstar is his big, you know, the big check sponsor. But I mean, like, even then, um, you know, and then maybe that's us projecting where we where we would like him to land. Maybe he is happier than he's ever been. Maybe he is, like, he's in the fast lane, easy pass and you know you know listening to some free jazz like life is 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 grand right now like he's just like i Yeah he
0: he's he's exactly where he needs to be yo chris jocelyn
1: doesn't listen to any jazz <laughs>
0: <laughs> You sure <laughs>
1: i'm i'm just say, stating that as fact all I'm, due respect to mr
2: jocelyn i don't know what if he's just like yo i'm just bumping a lot of like uh late 70s miles davis real talk <laughs> Fuck, man
1: that'd be wild
2: <laughs> that, that see that would be that would be the curveball that would be like okay yes like this is someone i could hang with but yeah like you know like the more thinking about it more i think the other thing that this video did well Ain't nobody got time for an hour-long Plan B video unless it is better than questionable. And you're just not going to do that in 2022. Nobody's ever going to beat, nobody's ever going to be able to drop a video like that. Also, it kind of feels weird, but it's almost like, was it a joke to have Pat Duffy skate the premise? Or was it just like, no, he used to roadie for them, like, he was really into them, like, it just, like, just, God, it just works so well.
0: Yeah, it was perfect
2: yeah makes me want to slap bass in fact I, i'm probably going to play bass after that.
0: all right i'll bet you're going to be stoked on that which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on patrick other than slap bass what are you stoked on this week <laughs>
2: <laughs> slapping the boss uh, i'm stoked on spitfire wheels actually i just found out that apparently spitfire makes 48s I might want to try and set up a, uh, a question to create a questionable setup. Who knows? I'm also stoked on Aaron's interview on Vent City, our uh, frenemies. Um, it was actually really insightful, um, especially the part where Aaron talks about their life just blowing up on Instagram and having to make a big decision about where their career was going to go. I'm stoked on the mini bowl at La Puente Skate Park and related to that, the out there with Donovan Piscopo that was a joy to watch. And uh, let's see, uh, Victor Campio, shout out to Marseille. Uh, he just dropped a part, uh, filmed, I think, entirely in San Francisco. Quartersnacks posted that earlier this week. That was also really nice. I really need to get back out there. And finally, uh, once again, a five favorites over at Quartersnacks, uh, courtesy of our favorite reporter based in the north of Maine, uh, Farron Golding. Mike, what are you stoked on?
1: Oh, man, I've been stoked on the Doobie Brothers and other classic rock acts that remind me of listening to The Power Loon, which is a north-central Minnesota classic rock station that would be on in the uh, conversion van as we'd be driving to Boy Scout camping trips. Also stoked on glassware. Also stoked on getting a ceiling fan installed in my bedroom. That's going to happen next week. You know, it's hot pretty much everywhere. Sign of the times, but uh, really in the ceiling fans right now. Another summer thing, also stoked on watering the plants in the backyard and the in the evening, after I put my kid to bed, got some rainbow chard, green peppers coming in, jalapeno crop is hot. And then um, Templeton, I kind of cribbed from your Stoked On, but uh, I highly recommend the Merlin Bird ID app, which is an application for your cell phone. I have it on a iPhone, and um, it can identify a bird by photo, by call, and by like human and in- description and it's fantastic. Like I'll go on walks and just open it up and like start recording and you know you're hearing one thing and then all of a sudden you know the red-winged blackbird pops up on the screen and it just indexes the birds you have around you. So highly recommend that. Templeton, what are you stoked on?
0: Hi, yeah, very uh related to the Merlin Bird ID app. I met a cool bird on Monday and I'm really stoked on that. It's a killdeer little bird that makes its nest in gravel which I thought was very novel I was out skating before work on Monday morning there was this bird that was like kind of like you know being weird like you know usually a bird just flies away but it was like being a little protective and chirping at me so it was protecting its nest and it has this uh kind of defense mechanism where it'll it'll kind of pretend like it's got a bum wing and like look wounded in order to kind of like draw you away or draw the predators away from the, from the nest. And uh, you know, I got to see that in action and yeah, cool to, to meet a new bird and um, just kind of a reminder to keep your eyes open and be open to discovering new things around you, man. There's like all kinds of shit going on. Just be on the lookout for it. So that's what I'm stoked on. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out skateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about and other show notes. Show notes are going to be a little light this week because I kind of got to edit fast tomorrow. Uh, Until then, you can keep up with us all week online. Mike, where can the people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle at M. Munzenreiter. Patrick, where are you on Robert Digital's interwebs?
2: I am on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks on Instagram at P. Kigongo, and you can also find me not quite lurking not quite hiding but definitely doing things with the Harold Hunter Foundation Templeton where can the people find you on the internet? You
0: can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate and don't forget to email us your questions for a sometime in the future question and answer show send those emails to Mostly Skateboarding at email.com See you guys next week. Baby, let's